Hello there! Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. We are in person for the first time in around a month. Um, so excited. Um, uh, welcome back to Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. Um, I think I already said that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, today, we are continuing on our grind through the Clone Wars Season 5. Uh, today, uh, we are talking about the Jedi Younglings arc, or as I'm calling it, the Little Einsteins arc, because I put Little Einsteins over in the first episode, and it sounds good. Um, we are looking at the gathering, a test of strength, bound for rescue, and a necessary bond in episode 64 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. So, in the gathering, Ahsoka and a group of younglings travel to Ilum to do the ancient ritual the Jedi ritual of getting their kyber crystals. Yep. So, as you can imagine, all the Jedi younglings, they have to go into this big cave. They all face different trials and, and tribulations, kind of, I guess, not really designed, but willed by the Force. They, ha they face unique challenges that kind of test them and test their individual weaknesses. You know, Gunji needs to learn to be patient. Um, the... Uh, We'll get into it yeah. the episode. So, like, for example, like you know that kind of that kind of thing. Um, and then they have to make it out before one rotation, and there are some there's some predictable drama and hijinks. But at the end of the day, everyone gets out. They have their crystal. Yep, that's it. Um, our fortune cookie is he who faces himself finds himself. And I'd like to um, because of sexism. I'd like to redo that. Those who face themselves find themselves. Yes. I like this fortune cookie a lot. I don't Me know about too. you. Um, it is a little bit more straight. It is one of the more straightforward ones, but I don't mind this one because if you think about it, it really is just a big theme in Star Wars, especially with the force, with force wielding characters. I'm thinking a lot about Luke, to some extent, Anakin, definitely Rey, especially in The Last Jedi. Also, Obi-Wan, if we look at some of the novels, I think. Um, also, Ahsoka in the Ahsoka novel. I think Ezra as well. Like, the list goes on. But I think it's cool how, how Force characters especially, they really all have introspection, at least on the light side. And facing yourself as a big part of their journey. I would say on the dark side as well. Yeah. I mean, Vader and Kylo Ren are the two that I think about automatically. Um, that's a good point. They do a lot of brooding. They do yeah. a lot of brooding. <laughs> I mean, tell me that Kylo Ren is not a tell tell me that Kylo Ren does not listen to my chemical romance whenever he's, you know. <sighs> yeah, true. I really like how it kind of codifies what we've already seen and what we know about introspection in in terms of characters' relationships to the Force and it kind of makes it into a, into a tradition. Which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely, this this arc is a for me it's a very coming of age arc. Oh, absolutely! It's, it's a very it's in the tradition of Obi Wan and, and not Obi Wan. Uh, it's in the tradition of Anakin and Luke and Rey and Ezra and all those those heroes journey characters. Um, but we get six mini heroes journeys with all of them. Um, I, but yeah. Um, it's a good fortune cookie. I like this probably the best of all the fortune cookies generally. In yeah, this it's arc. simple, but 
powerful. It's simple, but it is it is very powerful um, for this. Um, do you want to move on to the episode? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. What are your what are your thoughts on the opening? So let's talk about the larger thing, which I know you love to talk about, and this really <laughs> shows this arc. Let's talk about the Jedi Order losing their way. Ooh. Because in this episode specifically is one of the strongest cases, in my opinion, for exactly what the Jedi are doing mm. and where the Jedi are going. I didn't really think about it from that angle. I'd love to. I'd love to hear more about that. So, yeah. What is the biggest symbol of the Jedi Order? The lightsaber. That's correct. And it's about how the lightsaber is presented to people. What is what is the lightsaber presented constantly over and over again to these younglings as? Do you, do you, oh, I see. You think it's like too much of like a, a, a weapon. weapon. Too much a of a weapon. Weapon. But, you know, Yoda says in 5 in Empire on Degola, a Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Yeah. And, you know, Yoda goes, how do Jedi defend themselves? Protect others. How does a Jedi? And then he immediately whips out a lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that shouldn't be your first resort. Yeah, I think um, something that's relevant here, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I remember in the Jedi path, some some one of the annotations in that like Jedi path, the blue handbook guide which i guidebook thing which i love very much it says something about how the lightsaber is the the greatest power of the lightsaber is not is not what it can do it's what it represents and i think that is that is a that is very true here and that is partly i think to to go back to what you were saying maybe what is being lost maybe what you're getting at there yeah and like it's, it, I, I agree with you, and it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, they're talking so much about the war side of the, the Jedi. There's this point in the next episode, Test of Strength. Um, what does Petro say the first thing he's going to do with his new lightsaber is? Like, I'm going to defeat Grievous. I'm going to challenge Obi-Wan Kenobi to a duel, and I'm going to kill Grievous. Good and luck then, with that, buddy. No, no, and then, <laughs> problem, everybody, no, and then everybody says what you do. Everybody acts like his problem is the overconfidence. And it is. But it's also resorting to violence as the first yeah, thing, way to solve like a problem. Kind of, yeah. And it's understandable, but like, yeah, yeah that is But nobody thing. calls him out on that. Like, literally nobody. I yeah. watched the scene again. I'm like, why does nobody call him out on the first thing he wants to do with the lightsaber is violence? Yeah, where's, where's the knowledge and defense? Where's the peacekeeping, for God's sake? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and and there's also like there's also um, I'm flashing to the Last Jedi. The you know, since the Force made physical a Jedi is. Yeah. And then it flash. I flash to Luke and Last Jedi. To say that the Force belongs to the Jedi is vanity. <laughs> Can you feel that? Yeah, I mean, like this is ridiculous. Um, also, um, on the subject of the Jedi losing their way. Why do Ahsoka and Yoda have to gaslight them about the cave? Yeah, why? I don't understand. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think this is a good example. Also coming up, coming off of uh, 
coming off of, or I guess it's not, it's not going to be out yet, but I think, you know, gearing up for, gearing up for, uh, the wrong Jedi, that arc, I think it's a good example of how the Jedi are so kind of, at least the, the, the higher up Jedi are so invested in, you know, maintaining their mystique, like not letting the curtain ruffle, not letting anyone see behind the curtain that they're willing to kind of do some do some not so savory things in this case it's, it is much less extreme even if it is just maybe hoodwinking hoodwinking the the uh, the younglings about the cave yeah but i think it's an interesting parallel nonetheless yeah no absolutely and i and actually i'm thinking about um the a trial arc as well because ahsoka seems like a like a true hype jedi right now you know what i mean you know she seems like she's all in and it's so crazy how she goes from a hundred to zero yeah. in the span of eight episodes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah, we'll get to that, but I think that's a great example of, you know, just uh, how, how true to herself that she remains despite her devotion to the Jedi also. Yeah. And I think that's what sets her as an upstanding heroic character apart from someone like obi-wan who has totally devoted his life like ahsoka i'm not i'm not saying she is not i'm not saying she is worse necessarily but she has a different she has a different kind of devotion yeah you know what i mean absolutely um so uh i uh, i want to talk also about ilum Ooh. This is the first uh, chronological appearance of Ilum. Love Ilum. Ilum is Very so cool. cool planet. Um, and and we also found out that Ilum is um destroyed in Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. Yes. Because Ilum is Starkiller based. Has that been confirmed? That has been confirmed. That has been all but confirmed. So we see the hollowing out of Ilum in Star in, in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh no! That kidding. looks really like Starkiller base, like too good to be true you yeah. know what i mean okay and and also um the ilum temple is very interesting with those like tall spires and the statues of the old jedi and all that kind of stuff oh absolutely it's a really i mean i think part of what makes this arc fun for me is just the visuals of it and i really think the animators and and in the directing they did not hold back here. they they knocked it, was, it, it was awesome i thought it was awesome yeah absolutely um uh yeah also um did you notice that the ilum temple was unlocked by cooperation yeah and that the lothal temple in rebels is also unlocked by cooperation i love that what that was a that was a great detail yeah um that that all those temples are consistent yeah um, which is pretty cool um Uh, anything about the beginning of the episode before they go in? Before they go in the temple? Yeah. Hmm, let me see. I think... Yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, I, I think I might have one more thing, actually. Oh, for, um, by all means. Here we go. So, um... Only you can know which one is yours, says Ahsoka about the crystal. Does that remind you of anything? I did find this part very, uh, all, all, as I'll get to later, I found it a little bit kind of 
Very, very Harry Potter-y in a way. The one chooses the wizard, Mr. Potter. Yeah. The one chooses the wizard. Yeah. I actually really like the Potter-esque yeah. group that they chose with this. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Mm. Um, I, I liked um, I liked how they used it. I liked that like everybody has a unique uh, signature um, yeah. in the Force. Like, you know, it calls back to ambush clones you may be, but in the Force, uh, very different you all are. Yeah. Um, and, and I love that idea, and I love that they each have to face their own challenges to get their, their crystal. And... Yeah, I, I love I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I love that as well. But I mean, it, it's nice. It is a bit disappointing to me, at least in comparison to the way it worked in Legends with Osis and Ilum. Another reason, maybe that in the the newer days of the Republic, there are not so many multicolored lightsabers because of Osis's demise. I, I kind of miss that. To me, it feels... I guess I just like the way that it, it plays and the the vibe, I guess, that it gives to this the story and the universe of Star Wars. I kind of like that a little bit more so than the... Um, than the kind of like, oh, it's like based on your personality or it's like based on... I, I like it personally more in canon than I do in Legends, though I wish they would keep the color thing. Um, yeah. to be completely honest, because I think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, do we want to just get into the trials? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the trials. So, so the six younglings go in, and immediately they're already split into two groups. Yeah. Because... Of course they are. Petra leaves. Yeah. Because of course he does. Because of course he does. Because he's the hot-headed one. <laughs> yeah. He's very Anakin-esque. He's like... Oh, yeah. He reminds me a little too much of Anakin. He's like um, a mini, a little bit of a mini Anakin almost, yeah. I'd say. Too sure of themselves they are. A flaw more and more common among Jedi, as Yoda said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's that, you know, like, he's very... He's, of course, very selfish, and he wants it all for himself. He does. And he has to learn... Um, that, that It's all about what they have to learn. It's all about what the different Jedi have to learn. The, the kids have to learn. Petra has to learn to be selfless. And, of course, he, he his challenge um, uh, goes at the end. Um, also, by the way, I gotta just say, I love Yoda, but he was an asshole in this episode. Really? You really think so? I, I can see. I a, guess, I a crystal guess. you have found. Water you have brought. <laughs> like, damn, man. Wow. I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, to be fair, Petra was being... I, he was pretty obnoxious. Like, like, I know. Well, I thought that was a funny. I like that. That was a funny. I, I, I like it, but I think it's a little too much sometimes. I have an idea. So I just tackled uh, Petro. Since there are six of them, why don't we split them up three and three? All right. Uh, so you want to do Biff next? Because Biff is next. Biff. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love Biff because I have a massive soft spot for Athorians because I feel like in Star Wars they're constantly getting. You know, as background characters, they're constantly just getting plunked. Like, oh, you need someone who's not going to do anything. You need somebody who's just going to be sad or scared or whatever. Put an Athorian in. So I want to see a real... My, my dream is to have a, a character who's a really badass Athorian. I think that would be pretty awesome. Cool. Um, but with that being said, Biff. Um, it's a little bit neatly... I guess all of these, they kind of suffer from being a little bit too 
a little bit too neatly wrapped up. I guess you might say, you know, a little bit too cleanly packaged. Um, not not necessarily to all of them, to some of them maybe to the point where it starts to feel a little bit too cookie cuttery, a little bit too cereal. But but for the most part, I think it works. But I think Biff's is one that is a little bit. It's not the most on the nose, but it's definitely not the most complex either. I'd say. But I, I kind of like it. Like I, I like Biff. nothing wrong with it. I like Biff's as well. I like specifically that he's never hurt in that cave. Yeah. He never gets hurt. It's just the smoke and mirrors that he's yeah. facing. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors. That's all it is. Yeah. He I has mean, to learn. To, it's it's the uh, FDR quote. The only thing to fear is fear itself. Yeah. And I, th- I think this one is kind of amazing. Um, in, in a way, I think, because it's just so, I think it's so universal what Biff deals with. Absolutely. Especially, you know, moving, moving through all through through all phases of life, I would say, or at least for for all of my life that I've experienced. But then also, um, especially like as a child, like as the younglings would be moving into um, kind of kind of moving into um, teenagerdom or moving from a kid to like a like a tween, really just literally fear. At least for me, I remember that being a huge, huge problem and just the fear of especially the things that didn't exist or just were excessive worrying. So I really yeah. empathize with that. And then I think, I think to me, it really kind of hit me because I was, I was kind of relating that to my experiences with mental health and anxiety. And so that I, I thought that it was really cool that it was kind of saying like, you know, you have to keep moving forward. Because a lot of it is kind of... Just smoke and mirrors. A lot of it, at least in my experience. Maybe not for other things, but for anxiety, at the very least, it is... I think it does a good job of portraying how... Whether whether this is purposeful or not, it does a really hard job, good job of portraying how, like... Yes, it is, like, mostly in your head. And the vast majority of, of, of things you can fixate on are mostly in your head. But that doesn't mean that it isn't still real absolutely petrifying and completely changes your experience of the world yeah so i I really appreciated that honestly and that was something i like i wasn't really going into that episode expecting to get that much out of it yeah this challenge is i think one of my favorites i think biff's is one of my favorite i think biff is good i like katuni and i like ganodi as well actually um I'm less. I don't like Gunji actually. I'm less thrilled about Zats and Petros, but whatever. Um. Uh. Next is Ganodi. Ganodi. With, uh, who faces a challenge of hope? Um. As the very wise Leia Organa would say, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. Um. You know, she has to, she had, she didn't, she couldn't find her crystal for a long time. Uh, and. She's losing hope. She has to maintain the hope that she can find it and trust in her instincts and trust that, you know, hope, we have hope that things will get better and they will. Like Hera says at the end of, uh. Vision of Hope. There we go. Yeah. I don't know which one that is, unfortunately. I've been rewatching uh, season one of Rebels recently, so yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, do you want to do Katuni or do you want to do Zat or do you want to do Gunji? I want to talk about Gunji. Sure. Because, you know, I, I love Wookiees as well. Yeah. I think Wookiees are awesome. Who doesn't want a giant walking carpet to be their best friend? That would just, that'd be my dream come true. Um, yeah, I thought that this one, again, a little bit simpler, you know, he just has to learn patience. Um, but I think that it's a good, um, I think, I think it's a good, a good lesson nonetheless, because it's, it's kind of saying, you know, even if your patience is well-intended, even, even if you have really good intentions, even if you're just wanting the best for, for even other people, even if it's for a selfless reason, like impatience and kind of like rushing is still problematic. Yeah. I like, um, I, 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 I so Yoda said patience was the challenge for Gunji. And while I agree, I would specify it a little bit more. Um, first, what do you think about patience? Do you think it's, it's all right? For a, for a, if, if you had to choose a word to summarize what his challenge was. Do you think patience would be the one? Mm, probably. Okay. Uh, what would you? What would you? Because I would choose resolve. You think that it's more about the resolve? It's about to patience. Not go across. It, no, it's about patience, but it's also about because he has to wait there and he still has to want it. Yeah. It's not just about waiting; it's also about wanting it. Um, and I think there's a big part of that which is about he has to wait, but he also has to like make a plan. He has to want it. Um. And, uh, and I think that's ultimately what, um, what his is about. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go into Katuni's very quickly. Right. Uh, Katuni's is confidence. As opposed to Petro, I don't think that Katuni believes in herself enough. Um, but by climbing a literal mountain, that's what she does. She climbs the cliff, basically. Um, that she is the one that she builds up that confidence in herself that she can be the Jedi she sees in herself. 100%. Um, yeah. She is my, by the way, I know, like, I think Alden Diaz actually has tweeted out his love several times for Gunchy. Katuni is my favorite of all of them. And, like, I need to see more of her character. I need to see more of Katuni's character. I love that character. And I need to see more of her. I want her to become like an, another version of like uh, another version of Ahsoka. I want more Katuni content. Please give it to me. Um, even if that means, by the way, even if that means, I will be willing to accept Katuni surviving Order sixty six if we mean if we <laughs> if that means more content from her. What exact? What exactly? What exactly about Katuni um, is it that makes? I, you I don't know. She's just she's Katuni. just this wide eyed Jedi kid and. Um, she's, she's very, she has a lot of universal stuff that I feel like in her that she is like, you know, she has a lot of hope and a lot of fear and she's, she reminds me a lot of, a lot of the Hero's Journey characters, especially, you know, your Ahsokas, your Rays, your Lukes, your, your Anakins. Um, but yeah, especially she reminds me of somebody like Ray who's very wide-eyed and doesn't have any hatred for anybody who's just wants to go out into the world and do what she can do. Yeah. Um... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, you want to go to Zat's challenge? Zat. Zat, Zat, Zat. 
I mean, I think this one worked out for me at least. I thought it worked out pretty well, you know. Oh, that wasn't great. That I thought it was a little. Yeah, I think it was a bit, a bit on the cut. It was on the cut and dry side compared to maybe one like Katuni. But I mean, relatively speaking, they kind of all are. So not a huge deal. But um, you know, obviously it ends up, you know, oh, you have to use your intuition. You can't use the technology. Um, which. It worked out pretty well. I think I thought it was cool how it was not like, oh, it, it wasn't just like, oh, you have to. It, it wasn't just like, oh, you have to um. Reject technology, but it was kind of oh, you can use technology if you want you you, but you have to use your um. You have to use your intuition. And you, and you can like um. You can you use your intuition. Sorry, I'm losing track of what I'm trying to say. You like use your intuition. You can combine that with technology. How he kind of overloads the uh, overloads the the his tablet thing to break the wall. So like something like that. I think it's cool rather than just saying, "Oh, you don't need it," because I think that that just widens the path in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about. Um... Uh, that's one myself, but I can accept it. It's not bad, I just don't love it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I also, let's, you want to circle back to um, to Petro for a second? Because I love, I love the moment he saves Katuni. The moment he saves Katuni is probably one of my favorite moments in this episode. It's a very Ben Solo, Anakin Skywalker, it's never too late to make a change. You know, he runs out he uh, he's gonna run, run past her, but then he makes the choice to save her, um, and then she, and then he gets to have that heroic moment where he breaks through the ice. Um, yeah, I really love that yeah. that that idea about choice and about you know you, uh, make your your choices matter, your ideas and your your legacy matters. I love that. I like where they also check him, like with the 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 melty. The melting ice. Like I thought that was a fun that was a fun Yoda moment. Yeah. Though I will say a Yoda moment that does annoy me. Uh, but wait, you said we'd be trapped in there. Yeah. Only water made solid was the door. I'm like, Yoda, come on. Come on, man. There will be nothing anybody can do for you is literally something Ahsoka said. What are you doing, man? Yeah. Why? And by the way, while we're at it. How did Yoda get inside the temple? Yeah. How did Yoda get inside the... Like... Anyway. Um, got anything else for the gathering? No, I don't know. I thought this was a pretty solid episode. I wasn't a huge fan of the structure of it, just the way it was like, oh, boom, boom, lesson, lesson, lesson. Hey, kids, here's the moral. I don't think it was as interesting as it could have been, but, you know... It was a serviceable, serviceable, serviceable episode. So, no complaints here. Uh, this is personally my favorite episode of the arc, really? which doesn't speak, in my opinion, to its greatness, even though it is a great episode. But I think I've just seen this arc so many times that I've, I've just begun to be let down by this arc a little bit. It's just not an arc that does it for me. I guess um, they're not. None of them are bad episodes. I just like I was watching them. I'm like. Yeah, this is just kind of happening. Like with a, definitely with a test of strength, I was like, "Yeah, this is just kind of happening." 
Um, I'd yeah. say the, that with the first half of Bound for Rescue 2. Yeah, this is just kind of happening. Uh, after they get on the floor, I'm just like, okay, fine. But no, Gathering is like, it's a hidden gem, I feel like. It's, it's one of those episodes that doesn't get talked about as much as it probably should be talked about as just one of the most interesting and most... And, and one of the best episodes of The Clone Wars, in my opinion, for character development. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else before we move on to A Test of Strength? No. I'm ready to go. Okay. Let's go do um, A Test of Strength. So, in A Test of Strength... The younglings are journeying back from Ilum. They are having a grand old time with Hu Yang, this robot, interesting robot Jedi Master, you might say. Um, when who else but Hondo Onaka, of course it's Hondo, it's always got to be Hondo, rolls up with his gang of pirates, attacks the ship. A lot of hijinks ensue. Ahsoka eventually helps evacuate the younglings into the air vents they hide however ahsoka is then captured and that is the episode yeah um our fortune cookie is the young are often underestimated yeah maybe a little too straightforward maybe this was a little too straightforward i don't know yeah I mean, I, I don't really have a lot to say about it just because it's so, it's so, uh... It, it's pretty cut and dry. The people who basic, have, yeah. the people who seem to have the least impact actually have the most impact. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like, you can't, I love the message of this because it's just like, you can't, you can't count, you can't count anyone out, you know? Yep. Yeah. So I, I I love that personally, even though it's maybe not maybe it's not said as eloquently as it could have been, but still love it. Yeah, I I, I like the fortune cookie as well. Um, should we get into it? Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, so let's talk about the whirlwind of destiny, which is the move that Petro is practicing. Um, that was actually um. Uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars held a little contest for fans to submit the move for Petra to do. And, oh, yes. Um, uh, the Hasbro, was it the Become the Join the Jedi? Was it? Was it? Uh, created by a nine year old fan named Brendan Lake, who won Hasbro's um, Join the Jedi contest with the Whirlwind of Destiny. He received, uh, uh, Lake received screen credit for um, the Whirlwind of Destiny. Yeah. Brendan Lake is the guy's name. Brendan Lake. Congratulations, Brendan Lake. Thank you for the awesome Whirlwind of Destiny. And I hope you are doing well wherever yeah. you are now. Even if it's kind of dumb because the Jedi should be really not practicing that move. Um, no, yeah. not Your move is not dumb. I'm just saying the Jedi practicing that move is like they're peacekeepers. Come on. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, everything that uh, Huyang mentions... Uh, in uh, in his little monologue to them, I want to see more of. I want to see... He, he talks about the bone of the Cartesian whale. First of all, there are whales in Star Wars. 
How is nobody yeah. freaking out about I this? I know. There are whales in Star... We need to see it. What planet does it live on? How does the natives of the planet interact with it? Is it rare? Am I thinking way too much about a random reference to a whale? Yes. Is this my job on this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to see the Cartesian whale. I also want to see the battles of Rashfond and the peacekeeping of Parliok. Yeah. Also, Cato Nemoidia, awesome. we're actually getting the story now. We're actually getting the Cato Nemoidia story. So now what we can do is we can just say, hey, Disney, good job on the Cato Nemoidia story. Now let's get the peacekeeping of freaking Parliok. Okay? High Republic, do whatever you gotta do. I will, like, invest heavily in the High Republic if they talk about the peacekeeping of Parliok. Yeah. That would... If it involves the Nile, whatever. If it involves the Drangir, whatever. If it involves, you know, the levelers and whatever stuff is in the High Republic, whatever. Do what you gotta do. Peacekeeping of Parliok. Come on. Yeah, pretty great. This was an interesting episode to me. I kind of liked... If we, if, we, if we can shift topics Go, now. go ahead. I thought it was interesting. I mean, actually, is there anything else you want to say pre-pirate? Pre-pirate. No, go ahead. I think it's interesting. I kind of like how Ahsoka, they really treat her as a fully-fledged character in a Jedi. There's not like a mission, really, that she's sent on by Anakin. It's just her assignment. It's not designed, at least as a story, kind of to prove the flaw, to prove anything about flaws that she hasn't noticed um and, and i think she kind of she's she this is a big episode for her in terms of taking taking another large step forwards again kind of feeling like that is kind of giving you that feeling of like oh yeah we are gearing up for something big like this is this is gonna this is gonna crescendo soon the wrong jedi it's coming so I, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. It felt like a, it felt like they were just kind of raising the bar for Ahsoka again, which I liked. I, I, I like that too. I will say it is a little weird that they didn't bring more security on this trip. Yeah, it is. There are a lot of there are a lot of things in here that are kind of eh, suspend suspend disbelief. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm that's not an issue with my the arc. It's an issue for me with it's an issue with the Jedi. Like I could totally see see the Jedi being like, they'll be fine. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much the worst that could happen. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, uh, David Tennant as Huyang. Fantastic. Does it all. Good stuff. I loved Huyang in this arc. David Tennant killed it. Yeah, it was great. Very interesting character. This part, I was going to say, this really gave me like... Ollivander, is that that the wand guy in Harry Potter? Yeah. Boom, remembered it. You gave me Ollivander, a lot of Ollivander vibes. It was pretty. Um. Yeah. I thought I thought it. I mean, I've, I haven't I haven't read or watched Harry Potter in a while, but I I I feel like it was a um it was a good um good kind of homage to that. You know, to him like doing his whole patter about like oh you choose the thing and it reflects you know who you are la da da absolutely um this is a very potter-esque arc and jacob and i i think i don't know about you uh potter is 
the fandom I'm most into besides Star Wars. So um, I do a lot of comparisons between the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Huyang is awesome. Um, so do we want to get to Hondo? Do we want to get to the pirates? Yeah, let's let's do it. Because why would uh, why why wouldn't we have Hondo in this episode? Yeah. yeah. To be he completely just, honest, pops up I don't like this the move of bringing Hondo in. I don't like the move of bringing Hondo in. Really? I love Hondo as a character, but I think it's a boring choice. I think it's a little bit... I don't know. I feel like Hondo felt a little bit off. He did. This, uh, he definitely did. In this in this episode, I'm going to be honest. like it, it, it just kind of... He felt so... Brutal. It, or not necessarily brutal, but he felt so ruthless in this episode, you know... He's, like, willing to, you know, kind of uh, kill children. He's, like, willing to... But then to, he's, like, in the fourth like, episode, he's, like, in Necessary Mon, he's, like, but everything's fine, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, maybe he realizes that he was going too far, but yeah. obviously, Hondo, he's not a particularly... Yeah. He's not a shining pillar of moral moral upright... Yeah. role but like, modelness. But he's like, never straight evil. Yeah, like, he, he never... Except he for, like, you know, like... like it feels like his heart is still more or less in the right place. Yeah. But this is also the guy who, like... I was totally, thinking of Bounty Hunters. He was totally... Electro- he totally electrocuted Anakin and Obi-Wan in season and, one, too. And, so, like, and, like, he he did the thing with the farmers on Felucia. Yeah, I'm kind of... Maybe my maybe my love of Hondo has kind of made him, made him seem a little nice, more of a nice guy. I think Rebels, especially... Yeah, at right. least to me. And galaxies, a lot of stuff. Galaxy's Edge has been yeah. doing. I feel like it is kind of his image has been softened. It has. But I think that at the time, it's like Hondo and Thrawn are doing the same thing, except for in opposite directions. Yeah, yeah. Because like Thrawn, Thrawn there's this constant tug, tug of war between if he's an anti-hero or if he's a villain. And Hondo, there seems to be this idea of if he's an anti-hero or if he's a hero. Yeah. Um, there seems to be this constant tug of war that nobody's really sure about. But yeah, I mean, it definitely feel it. It definitely feels like looking back on it now, looking back on what we had seen of Hondo up to this point. If this was, if you're watching this when it's airing, maybe it's not as jarring because maybe then you know Hondo yeah. as a little bit more of a pure kind of wild card antihero. Yeah. And a, and a little bit less of the um, pirate with a heart of gold yeah maybe hondo's hearts maybe hondo's heart is like silver or something i don't know yeah <laughs> pirate with the heart of silver that's on here's here's what i here's what i so here's some ideas for me for alternate villains okay number three are you ready for this okay bring the bounty hunters in bring aura singing yeah have her seek revenge on ahsoka for that time in assassin number two and this is gonna shock you okay if you want to go full slasher on this thing Make it Ahsoka um, and the younglings versus Maul. Yeah. And Savage. Just make it full slasher. And then, my the best option that I could think of, okay? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Make it so they're not intercepted by the pirates. Make it so they're intercepted by the Night Sisters, specifically Mother Talzin. That would be interesting, but I feel like the Night Sisters would rather... Like I, it, I mean, all of them are dead, but like yeah. except for Talzin, but like you know. it, I struggle to see a scenario in which the Night Sisters would 
like make an aggressive move or make any kind of move at all where they're not just chilling out Well, then again, the, on um Dathomir. And and yes, I know that in Legends, I know that in Legends not Legends, they do the Clone Wars. Um, when in season six, when when Talzin does the stuff with the Ferengal cult. Right, 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 of course. I mean, and I know that in Legends also, Book of Sith, they do kind of they are known to kind of ship out some bounty hunters and mercenaries into the surrounding regions. Um And they go and they go places like Yeah. like uh, Talzin goes to Sereno in season Yeah. three. But especially especially in this this part of the Clone Wars, in the Clone Wars at as at large, it would it would be weird to me to just see them pottering around, Yeah, you I know? mean it wouldn't be them again. It would be Talzin because all the rest of them Yeah, are dead. well, But still, yeah. um, no, I, I get your point. But I think it would have been cool if That they would had be a Talzin. crazy dynamic, though, like I know. all the younglings trying to like hide from Talzin. She's like, Ahsoka versus Talzin. okay, I feel Who like, does not want to see yeah, that? I feel like Talzin wouldn't straight up try and hurt or kill the younglings. So like, I feel like she, Well, maybe I don't know. if it. I feel like she'd have some kind of, I don't know. Like, I honestly feel like the Night Sisters. The more I think about it, and the more I rewatch the Clone Wars. It seems like what they really want is just to be left alone. Sort So I'm, of. I don't really, Kind unless she of. was maybe trying to ransom them or like use them for, for leverage, I don't really, I couldn't really Oh. see what Talzin would really want with them. I could I could tell you a motive. The same What? thing she wanted with Julia and the like the she wanted like basically her empire on Dathomir was destroyed. And in Yeah. the disappeared arc she wanted it back. Maybe she tried with the maybe she tried with the Jedi. Maybe she tried doing a ritual with the Jedi kids. Maybe she thought she needed force energy, like she did with Queen Julia Yeah. Bardot. I know. My point is Talzin was underutilized in the Clone Wars and we needed to see her more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm always a big fan of the Night Sisters and Mother Talzin very specifically. I love also I love that um they're like um where um where should we hide? Oh, we should do the vents. Yeah. And then and then the pirates like are like where did they hide? And Hondo's like, "You idiot, there are the vents." I'm Yeah, it's like how he knows. like, Yeah, he's he's watched watched Star Rebels. Wars. He's He's watched Rebels, and he's watched Star. Actually, He's yeah, he's watched Star Wars. He's watched Star Wars. That's Thank the God. oldest trick in the book. Come on, man. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Somebody's actually watched Star Wars. What would we do? <laughs> what would we do without Hondo, who What would actually we do without watches Mondo? Star Wars? All I'll just add is, hand over the crystals, and no one gets hurt. Much. Much, yeah. That's like, I in I feel like in any in any other episode episode. Actually, I don't know. I feel like in any other episode, Hondo might have not added the much. But then again, it's Hondo. Like he likes to he likes to do a little trolling, as they say. <laughs> Um, yeah. but one cool thing that I researched and found out about was actually that the design of the Crucible was inspired by the Old Republic, the video Oh, games, cool. and actually on the inside of the ship, you can see still some of the uh, some of the markings. Um, some parts of the ship are marked with the uh, the ancient Jedi symbol from Star Wars: The Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic. That's cool. Not 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 Star Wars: The Old Republic. That's that's different, right? That's Yeah, yeah. No, same Knight thing. Knight Kotor. Yeah, it's inspired. It it's Kotor inspired. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We're It's gonna Kotor get to a inspired. very Kotor inspired arc um, soon with our next episode of uh, D Squad, Oh yeah. um, which has a bunch of references to um, uh, to um, the uh, to uh, Kotor and Legends. And hey. If you're part of the Nerd Academy podcast or the Bombad cast and you're watching this, um, 
it may or may not be part of my questions that I'm asking you guys. <laughs> I'm not saying it is. I'm just not saying it isn't. Uh, you might want to research it. You might not hear this, and that's just your loss, honestly. But either way, I'm going to be torturing you guys, and I hope you're ready. Um, anyway, I uh, want to get on to Bound for Rescue. Bound for Rescue. Let's do it. Let's do In it. In Bound for Rescue... Um, Obi-Wan uh, is contacted by the younglings who realize that Ahsoka's captured by Hondo, and he's like, don't worry, we'll be there. And then Grievous attacks him for reasons I still can't explain. He just decides to attack him for some reason. Yeah, it, yeah. Anyway, uh, Grievous attacks him, and he's like, okay, never mind. And they're like, okay, so we're going to rescue Ahsoka now. Um, so they do. Um, they The kids... Um, do what no parents want to see their kids do. The kids run off to join the circus. Literally. They literally um, infiltrate Hondo's base by joining the circus. Um, uh, and while they're um, joining the circus, while Hondo's drunk, I think he is. He looks drunk, anyway. Um, while Hondo's drunk, they rescue Ahsoka, um, and they get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh yeah, by the way, uh okay. The fortune cookie. When we rescue others, we rescue ourselves. I mean again, really? yes. It's just it's that's just a strange one, honestly, I feel like. It's just a strange one for me. Like what do you mean when we rescue others, we rescue ourselves? That's really strange. I kind of see where they're uh, where they're coming from. Yeah, there there are fortune cookies where they're like, yeah, that's true. Then there are fortune cookies where you're like, yeah, that's true. And I think this is one of those ones where it's like, yeah, that's true. If you know what I mean, the second one that is. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I, it feels like like I do. I do kind of. Yeah, I I feel like it, it rings true. In a big way, for Star Wars, for life, for life in general. Okay, I guess you like it more than I do. Yeah, so maybe anyway. I, maybe I'm maybe I'm more of a fan of it than you do. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah. Um. By the way, here's something. Here. Um. Uh. Here's something. Um. Do you realize who's piloting uh, the Circus Master Priego's ship? I did not. Those are Alina from the Mercy Mission episode. Really? That's re it was really strange. I'm like, wait, those are Alina. Why are Alina here? <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of like, yes, this is happening now. <laughs> cool. This is a we're we're doing Alina now. Um, yeah. I gotta say also the the they're joining the circus plan. It's surprising that kids in this universe can come up with better plans than most adults can. Because their circus plan is actually a pretty good plan. Yeah, it is. Like, compared to most plans that are made, this is actually a pretty good plan. Um, yeah. Uh, also, um, drunk Jim Cummings. <laughs> drunk uh, Hondo. I may not be as young as I once was, but I'm older! <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, what kind of line is that? I love it so much. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you got for, um, the beginning of Bound for Rescue? Um, I should, 
is it this episode or the next episode? We should point out that I think revival was supposed to was supposed to take place after this. Yes, which explains why his base is just like is just a total is totally trashed. Oh yeah, in no, revival, it's, it's, it's fine it's totally in this fine one. In this one. Yeah, before Grievous just like yeah, kind of throws a temper tantrum and destroys his base for no reason it's yeah. it's interesting but um we uh we were we we're gonna release revival after this the revival episode we've actually recorded that already um with people i'll just say that we recorded this with guests the revival yeah. episode i'm not gonna say who it was but we recorded it with guests plural guests i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> um yeah uh, we have a bunch of cool guests coming. Uh, anyway. Um, also, by the way, Kevin Kiner's carnival music. Chef's kiss. Yeah. That's, like, I mean, the carnival scene is, is so unique. I it's think, in such the, a weird one. The world building and what it, what it brings. It just kind of brings a funky, different dimension. So, yeah, this, I mean, this episode wasn't my favorite. But I can appreciate the the carnival scene for what it uh the, the carnival scene is still out it, there, but it it's brought, still um, it, it works so well in my opinion. Um, got anything else for the uh, for Bound for Rescue? I, I was surprised. I was kind of surprised by like how far it kind of pushed the boundaries in terms of the some of the more mature themes when when Honda was just like completely cruelly teasing Ahsoka and. That you're kicking it up a notch now, bud. Yeah, um, I'm gonna cut that out. Yeah. But I mean, it's great, obviously, that Ahsoka, you know, not um, not letting that really sway her uh, her determination, and I, I think it it shows how she's put more in the role of a, a leader in this episode, and given as she often is in the Clone Wars, given space <clears throat> as a character, just to step up, which I uh, which I always love. We get opportunity to see that. But yeah, I, don't, I didn't really have a lot for this episode. It was cool, a little bit of a, a little bit of a sideshow. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's whatever. Um, it, it it it's a it's a good episode. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want to get to necessary bond? Necessary bond, yeah. Let's do it. In a necessary bond, the uh. Jedi are recaptured by the pirates only to find out that General Grievous has arrived. Um, he's pissed because uh, Hondo uh, did that little thing where he held Dooku captured. Um, and as Obi-Wan points out to Hondo at the end of the Gungan General, Dooku knows where Hondo lives. Um, and Dooku makes good on that threat um, and immediately starts melting down all of uh, Hondo's shit. Um, and then uh, they, the Jedi then um, unite with Hondo to take on the droids and get them out of uh, the Florum system, which they do, and then they get back home safe to a Star Destroyer commandeered by General Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, who is glad to see everybody safe. Fortune Cookie is... Choose your enemies wisely... As they may be your last hope. Interesting fortune cookie. I'm not really sure exactly what they mean. I mean, I think obviously like Hond the Hondo aspect of it, like for this particular for this particular episode, like yeah. Um 
but but I mean, in general, as a fortune cookie, as a lesson, I don't know if it really, I don't know if it really, uh, really holds up, because, I don't know about you, but I feel like it's not really often a choice who your enemies are, especially for the Jedi at this at this point in Star Wars, they're kind of taking all comers because they're just like, we're defending our code, we're defending the Republic, we're defending the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I don't know if it makes a ton of sense to really say pick your enemies. On a personal level, I don't think it really it really makes a ton of sense either. So I'm just going to kind of gloss over it. But I don't know, did you did you did you have anything that you thought was particularly significant about it? I I think it was all right. I I think it I, I think it's a weird one, but I think it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one, but I I just like it's the enemies to allies dynamic I like, but I just um I'm just not a huge fan of this fortune cookie, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, why did Soak get to take R2 on this mission? You can't because. tell me Anakin didn't need him for things. Because. The story is saying, suspend disbelief. Okay. Don't question it. <laughs> the story is saying, oh, come on, man, don't question that. I know, but like, you know. Just, like, that's like, our oh, job. Come on, yeah, we wanted to have... That is their job, but we, you know, they're just like, eh, we wanted to have R2, so we're going to have R2. <laughs> also, um, I think maybe one of my favorite Honda lines in this entire arc. No, no, no. I'm sure we can make a deal. This is not good business. <laughs> he's being yeah. dragged away by Magna Guards, and he's worrying about profits. You know what they say about Hondo? Can't live with him, can't live without him. Yeah. 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 I also, also, um, when they were allying together, it is the force that binds them. Yes, I was just going to say that. Now go, make your flashy laser sword. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. this is definitely... Yeah. I don't know. Good episode. I got your back. Great. I feel so safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a fun one. What do you got for the beginning of this episode? I don't know. I think it's a pretty solid episode. I like, you know, Ahsoka getting her uh, kind of a little more of her due with the heroic moments. For the beginning, nothing, nothing in particular for the beginning of the uh, of the episode, I would say. Okay. Um, uh, so do you want to get to the um, the back half of the episode? I mean, that is where things start to. Yeah. What do you think of this duel? What do you think of the lightsaber duel between Ahsoka and Grievous? I love, 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 love this duel. I don't really um I don't really have anything bad to say about it. So I think it's a really great uh great duel. I love the dynamic um 
I feel like just it, this is one of those duels where the way it is set up and the way it plays out and the way the characters are moving does a really good job of expressing what the story wants to tell about them. You know, Grievous, he's just coming in. He's enraged. He's like, what the hey? What is going on? He's just trying to come in and kick some ass. But Ahsoka, even though she's been like literally like body slammed by Grievous before. Yeah. She still is stepping up because she's just that dedicated. Yeah. And she's she's just on that trajectory. Absolutely. That is something that she And she kicks his ass. Yeah. She she holds her I would say she kicks her ass, but like he she holds her own. Oh, I don't know. I feel like Grievous is absolutely wrecked in this. This is this this fight is one of the reasons why I feel like Grievous was done so dirty in the Clone Wars. Even though I love this fight, Grievous was losing that fight. Yeah. He was. Like Ahsoka was he was getting beat by a Padawan. I know it's Ahsoka, but a Padawan. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah, it's an, it's not great, not great for Grievous. But you know, thought it was a solid episode, exciting. Um, I thought that, like overall, it, it had some great moments. I th- I really liked how a lot of the the heroes got to shine. Genodi got a got a good moment you know we rescued you um um but overall i felt like it just it was a perfectly good episode but i think it fell short in terms of wrapping up the story overall and it kind of i feel like it kind of drops the ball on like the lessons that the the first episode is trying to teach like that's not something that gets continued interesting That, that's, an, that's an interesting um, idea, but um, I don't know. I think it, I think it um, evolves the characters pretty well. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, so what do you think of this arc as a whole? That's my question. What do you think of this arc as a whole? Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good arc. I think... Unfortunately, I would say that it is kind of less. It does feel a bit of a less than the sum of its parts situation. Um, just because I think of, just because I think the way it was constructed, it didn't feel super. I mean, if, if it was perfectly cohesive, but it wasn't like. I felt like within the overall plot, even though the overall plot was solid, and made sense. I felt like the episodes, in terms of the subtext of the episodes, some of the the B plots, the messaging, it just felt very disjointed from episode to episode, which I think kind of, kind of hampered it. But you know, I did like it as an arc. I love the opportunity to see some, see some younglings in action, see Ahsoka get some action, but I kind of wish that Ahsoka and, and, and Yoda would have had more time to maybe bond or, or, um, interact at the, um, at the, at the beginning. What do you think? Absolutely. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I think um, mostly this episode, I'm going to break it to you. This episode is maybe one of my least favorite from the last three seasons of The Clone Wars. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's just not great. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, you know, when you have episode, uh, arcs that shine, 
D Squad, your um Onderons, your wrong Jedi's, your all that kind of stuff. It's hard yeah. to hold up these as as incredible episodes because they're not. I, I at least in my opinion, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just like yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just not huge on this whole thing, but um, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, what? What? How would you rank all of these? I think, for me, number one. Number one would have to be a necessary bond. I think. Um, number two would be a test of strength. Number three would be the gathering, and number four would be bound, bound for rescue. But I, I, they're like, I don't really have strong feelings about these episodes. The only strong feelings I have is the, the gathering is number one for me. The gathering mm-hmm. number one, um, necessary bond number two. Bound for Rescue, number three. A Test of Strength, number four. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's get off of uh, Star Wars topics that we're not so crazy about, and let's get on to topics that we are kind of crazy about, that we do like. It's time for everybody's favorite part of Star Wars in the galaxy. What you've brought me today is worth one quarter portion. Yes. Welcome back to One Quarter Portion, the portion of the galaxy where we we do a little bit of something different. Um, Today we have Star Wars opinions. We have two opinion questions, and let's get started. Jacob, you want to go first? Yes. Uh, This is an interesting question. If you need a minute to think about this, it's okay. But I really wanted to ask you, what do you think has been, since since the Disney takeover of Star Wars, since since the Disney purchase, what do you think has been the single best calendar year for Star Wars. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Um, I'm going to go with Let me just check some things. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to just look this up on Wikipedia. Um, but I'm convinced Let's see. Yeah. No shit, man. No shit. It's not a contest for me. 2019. 19. So yes. what What in 19 gives that the edge? Well, well, of course, we have one of the best Star Wars movies released in that year. Star Wars, Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. in there. Um, we have the first season of The Mandalorian. We have the second season of... The second half of the second season of... Um, actually, no, that's not true. Wait... We have, wait, we have, uh, we have, uh, the second half of season one of Star Wars Resistance and the first half of season two of Star Wars Resistance. We have, um, Jedi Fallen Order. We have the first season of The Mandalorian. I think I might've already mentioned that, but who cares? Um, you know, we got a lot of good stuff in here. Um, 2019 frankly is just uh yeah it it's it's my favorite year we've had in star wars i think 2022 is going to be incredible honestly because of all the shows we have but 2019 what about you 
I'm torn on this one. My two answers would be 2017 or 2020. Interesting. Because 17 2017 is Last Jedi. Last Jedi, which is not one of the reasons. I know. That is actually for for me personally, me strongly disliking the Last Jedi. I think that's that's one of the things the that takes me away. Yeah. Um, but, but Rebels. Rebels. You know, S3. you have a great great season three. Amazing. You have an amazing tail end of season three. BF two. You have an amazing start. Battlefront two. Um, which didn't have a great start. It had a, like, it had a terrible start. But like. But it, it was so good to get a game like a real a game that really felt fleshed out yeah. and really kind of went back all the all the good stuff yeah. in season three of rebels your zero hours your twin sons is all 2017 yeah i can see also why season four the beginning of season four being in season four heroes mandalorist all that kind of stuff all that good stuff what else do we have there is there? one important thing that you're forgetting in in 2017 let me yes. see uh the 40th anniversary of Star Wars is 2017. That's pretty good. So we got good. all that good 40th anniversary stuff. Got all that good 40th anniversary stuff. Also, don't... Particularly no, from a certain no, point of view. Yeah, nobody can forget also the Freemaker Adventures. <laughs> I forgot about the Freemaker Adventures. But, like, that just... For me, that's the thing where it's like there was no one... Besides maybe the Rebels finale and maybe from a certain point of view, there was no one thing that made 2017 like a bombshell year for star wars i think especially since <coughs> for me given my i know i know from my from my opinion giving my opinion about the last jedi um I- until the last jedi i just thought it was a really good it was a really good year and for and, star wars just a really good solid jedi, year i'm not I'm, strong I, upward trajectory last jedi kind of turned me off but if I'm you like that say, then it was a great capstone to a great i'm year. not gonna say the last jedi i'm not gonna convince you to like the last jedi or anything i'm not gonna do that i'm just saying like it or not, the last time I made a statement. Yeah, like, made a statement. It went in and ended at the year with a bang, you yeah. know. All of the movies do, but especially I think all see all three sequels, and especially actually um, eight and nine both ended out on ended both years on a bang. Massive bang, yeah. Um, the argument I think for twenty twenty. Mando two. Mando two. Clone Wars. Clone Wars seven. seven. Yeah, Clone like, Wars seven would know. be my personal favorite. You don't need that. a lot more than that. Also, I know there wasn't there wasn't really a ton of fanfare. Like they definitely went they went all out for the 40th anniversary, especially with the books. There wasn't a lot for the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. There's also but there was way, Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. Yeah, that's good. Which that that alone I thought. Also like, in oh, awesome. in 2020, most of the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, um, the second half of season two of Resistance. Yeah, there you go. Um, so Resistance gets finished off. Yeah, that's uh, some good stuff in there. Let's see what else. Yeah, the real, the real, the real legs to stand on here are, of course, um, Clone Wars season seven and um, uh, Mando season two, of course. Uh, what else would be in here? Um, Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising was released. That's not. That's something. Um, yeah, it's really about. Um, uh, oh, it was that. It, also, twenty twenty was when uh, Kathleen Kennedy announced the um, the ten new projects. That was also twenty twenty. That was December tenth, twenty twenty. Really? Yeah. No kidding. That was all those new projects that were announced on uh, the Disney Plus uh, consumer call. Uh, so that was that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's... It, it's oh, Darth Vader, 20, Darth Vader 6 was published. Yeah. Obviously, that's the best part of that year. And it's, I think... It's yeah. the reintroduction of Ochi of Best Soon back into canon. I mean, come on. Yeah. I think overall... Automatically best year. I think overall, with everything taken into account, I would say probably, I think... I would say 2020 overall best year for Star Wars. Yeah. So you said 2019, I said 2020. Yeah. 2017, maybe a close runner, maybe a tie. 2018 wasn't too bad either. Yeah, 2018 was not bad. And 2018 had the most hyped... Personally, I thought that 2018 had the most hyped announcements. Yeah, but like 2018 was the end of Rebels, was Solo, was... um, What else was 2018? End of Rebels, Solo... That's really it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, beginning of uh, resistance. That's what that's what it is. The beginning of resistance is also in. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Um, my first question. Okay. What is your favorite Star Wars small moment? You know, one of those moments that's like a it's it's a throwaway moment. But you really like it. Mm. That is a good question. I think th- th- there are so many things that I could choose from. So many things that I know are amazing. And if I think back later about it, I'm going to be like, oh man, why didn't I pick this? But since it's something that I can think about right now, my favorite small moment is in season two of Rebels when Kanan, Ahsoka, and Ezra go into the temple. And ahsoka at the last minute she's running away and she looks back at yoda and yoda smiles at her and she smiles back right before she escapes the collapsing temple i think that is just i've 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 talked about this moment before i've gushed about it at length it's i think it's just an amazing moment it it, that's a great moment I, i i love that moment let's see what would mine be mine would probably be like one of those small moments, I gotta say, um, another acknowledgement when um, when C three PO goes when Luke's walking out in Last Jedi, Master Luke, and then Luke winks in him. Yeah, it's one of those heartwarming moments. Um, or like I could go with a moment like um, you know, uh, your nice flying Lando from Wedge in Rise of Skywalker. I could go for a moment like. Here's the one that from a deleted scene that I'll do. C-3PO ripping off the danger, um, be aware of Wampa's sign in a deleted scene for Empire. That's what I'll go with. Yeah. Okay, what's your second one? If we think about the yearly broadcast calendar, thinking about it in terms of a yearly TV broadcast calendar, you know, starts in September. Yeah. New shows come out in the fall. Let's just say we're expanding that to movies for the sake of Star Wars now because, you know, we're kind of blurring the lines a little bit with things like Kenobi coming out. What do you think is the best broadcast Broadcast. year? So September, the way I I usually think about it, and most of the content seems to come out, you know, September to June. Oh. We can just say like September to September. Easy. 2019, 2020. 2019, 2020. All of my other points just add. It's the Rise of Skywalker. Season 7 of the Clone Wars yeah, is that. Season 7 of the Clone Wars all plus Rise of Skywalker. stuff from the new canon. Fallen over Rise of Skywalker, um, you know, Clone Wars Season 7. Yeah. That is a pretty uh, pretty killer, uh, killer list. I would actually say 2020. 
2021. Interesting. So season Mando. two of Mando, Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Actually, no, no, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with my answer. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty killer list, you know. I mean, yeah. it's a. That's a, that's, a, that's a killer slot. You could make an argument too if you're a Rogue One fan, as I've my as my opinion of Rogue One is kind of ameliorated over the past few years. The 2016 2016 to, to 2017, 2017 pretty good With year Rogue if you like One Rebels and season three and yeah, all that's that a kind of good, stuff. Yeah, that's pretty good if you like Rebels. I, I think Meg Dowell would be a huge fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Betcha. Yeah. Okay. Here's here. Okay. Choose a Star Wars spinoff. So Rogue One or Solo, or I'm going with like, you can also do one of the live action TV shows like The Mandalorian, okay? Choose a spinoff. A character from a spinoff. Mm. What character from a Star Wars spinoff do we need a spinoff of? A spinoff of, of a, a spinoff. spinoff. Man, I feel like I have a lot of answers that feel like cheating. Does it have to be like something where it's primarily their, where their primary appearance? Yes. Okay. Gosh, let me think. Like, you can't choose, like, here's an example. You can't choose, like, C-3PO appears in Rogue One. Yeah, okay, no. I see, yeah. Or, like, or like stuff like the Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett appears in The Mandalorian. Yeah, but, like, Can no. you Can you tell me again what you're counting as a spinoff? Rogue One, Solo, and both seasons of The Mandalorian. Rogue One, Solo, and Mandalorian. Live action spinoff, I'll say. If you say Jin, I will literally... <laughs> no, not Jin. What, what is your answer, though? Because I can't remember mine. Call Vance spinoff. Call spinoff. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Why I don't want a. Oh my gosh! I'm blanking a minute. Help me out here. Who's the the leader of the Cloud Riders? Enfys Nest. I want an Enfys Nest spinoff. Oh yeah, man. Enfys oh, Nest spinoff. Awesome. Why not? She she used to terrify me, terrorize me in my galaxy of heroes playing days. So I think Ugh. it would be cool to change the narrative. For me, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I mean, she man, she was a pest. Emphasis. That's gonna be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll be there. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars. Wow, you can follow us on Twitter at In the Galaxy Pod, Instagram at Star Wars In the Galaxy, um, and uh, email us swinthegalaxy at gmail.com. Uh, leave a five star rating and review. Um, it really does help our visibility. Um, the next episode we will be recording, we are going to be talking about, it's going to be another two weeks. Um, uh, it's going to be, um, it's going to be the D-Squad arc. Secret Weapons, A Sunny Day in the Void, Missing in Action, and uh, Point of No Return. Also, I have an announcement to make that I haven't officially made on Indie Galaxy. I will be um, torturing some people very soon. Um, I will um, so pause. Uh, Care to clarify that, Mark? Former in the galaxy guest Jared the Dark Jedi, um, who, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Jared. Um, it was recently put onto Twitter that he got um, COVID. He got infected with the coronavirus, and I hope he gets better. So, mm. um, anyway, um, Jared invited me uh, to write trivia questions. For a trivia match between the Bombad cast and the Nerd Academy podcast. Which I've done. Uh, so guys, good luck with the questions. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd rank these as 12s. Um, <laughs> they're diabolical. 
Oh boy, um, definitely gonna have to tune into this. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to be hosting with uh, Pete Fletcher from Star Wars Around the Galaxy, uh, that great show. Um, and yeah, absolutely check them out, and I'm very excited to be doing that. Um, in the meanwhile, may the Force be with you, always. <laughs>